Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. You don't get no better than that, man. Cook throws the deep ball and it's wide open. Inside the 30, Lovett makes a move. They'll stretch the field to the wide side. Here's Burden, the elusive freshman. Stays on his feet. He will take it to the end zone. What a drive for Missouri. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also with us tonight is uh, Twink Caleb, returning again. Hey, boys. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> we come to you this week, sadly again, after another Missouri loss. <laughs> 21 to 17 Kentucky at home. Uh, this one is another one of these fucking games that just got away from us. Very winnable. I don't know, guys. I think a lot of people are going to be talking about the the refs and some of the calls that went against us. And granted, there were some shitty calls by these SEC officials. But I feel like you put yourself in a situation where you rely on the refs. You know what I mean? Like, we lost this game. As much as, you know, it, it, it wasn't the officials. Missouri played. They just didn't play well enough to win. I almost was getting aggravated at the uh, end of the game because everybody was talking about the officiating. And the officiating was bad. And I agree that if the uh, ball gets snapped 50 yards down the field and the guy runs all the way there and picks it up, then, yeah, he should probably be a tackleable player, a runner. You know, it's a loose ball. But I agree with all that. But the truth is... Is I'm angry because Brady Cook started and continued to play throughout the game no matter how badly he played. No matter how badly he played. It got to the point where the absolute Pollyanna 
sunshine pumping all the time SEC game announcers were just like, wow, he really missed that. You got to make that throw. And like just pointing out how just egregious these misses were. And it's like he's missing people who are wide effing open. And so, yeah, the officials jammed us. What's new? And yeah, it's the offensive line is bad. I agree. But our wide receivers are coming out of their breaks and Brady Cook is still setting up. He doesn't read. He can't throw. I mean, it's the fact that he's played this long has made it in vogue for some people to defend his play. But the fact of the matter is, see, he's Division II quarterback. He shouldn't be out there. And the deficiencies are glaring. And we've just had to look at them for so long, they've almost become acceptable in some way. It's, it's egregious. Uh, you know, you guys know that I, of the three of us, I'm the one that's still on the drink with bandwagon. Yeah. The no, and I know why your complaints, Brennan, and I know your complaints, Caleb, but my complaint with Drinkwitz is different just simply in that you can't start this quarterback anymore. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. unfucking real. I don't care how bad anybody else is, it can't be this bad. It um, can't be. You have cost us games. This is, the, this is a lost season. This is the lost season. It should be a, it's insane how many games we should be winning with this defense. <laughs> it was lost by choice, too, you know? It's, it was, yeah. I mean, this is what I'm saying. When you choose to start Brady Cook, you choose to lose. And if you happen to win, wow, good for you. That, but that is it most, fucking lucky. It most likely just lost our chance at a bowl, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Arkansas is up and down, but the one thing Arkansas does is score points. Same thing with Tennessee. I mean – Against teams that score a lot of points, we have no answer for it because we can't score points. And, you know, Colin, getting on to the media, Gabe DeArmond was <laughs> pushing back against fans who were saying, are you going to ask him why he's not putting torn in? Are you going to ask him this? Are you going to ask him that? And he's saying, of course I'm not going to ask him. That's a stupid question. The guy who led two touchdown drives to get him back in this game. And I'm like, Man, you fucking kidding me? Because like I saw somebody pushing back on us on Twitter when we were mad at Crook because they're like, yeah, he just led two touchdowns. I'm like, the guy fucking passed for 19 fucking yards. No, not passed for 19 yards. Total 19 yards in the first half. I mean, he was abysmal. And not to mention that goddamn fumble where he just untouched drops the football and it's shit like that. You see it and you think. What the fuck is the harm in putting in an untested freshman kid? Because you know what? You're, he's always going to be untested until you fucking test him. And some people just need their goddamn shot. Give the motherfucker a shot. And if he hasn't given you ample opportunities this year, Cook is just an abysmal fucking quarterback. And it I've said it before. I'll say it Where's again. It's fucking coaching malpractice. It is Fucking malpractice. Brady Cook does not put us in a position to win. He puts us in a position to lose because we are losing. If you get in positions to win, then you win. We're not winning because Brady Cook is a absolutely terrible quarterback, and I'm sure he is a fine kid, and I wish him all the luck in the world. I hope he's wealthy, successful, happy, tough till the day he dies. I wish him nothing but good. But you know what? He's a shitty quarterback, and that's fine. I'm a shitty quarterback. I've had a good little life going on. I don't have to be Mizzou's starting quarterback, and neither does Brady Cook. He sucks. God damn it. And fuck, what are we waiting for? And God damn, Gabe DeArmond, ask the fucking question. Ask the fucking question, because it's a reasonable question, and we've Fucking throwing game away after game away. We've just been throwing fucking football games away. And it's 
absolutely fucking ridiculous. And Con, I was t- bitching. I-, I was bitching you before we recorded. And I'm like, look, everybody acts like if you think you want to try Sam Horn instead of Brady Cook, that you're like, oh, you think you're going to fix all of our problems just by changing the quarterback to an untested freshman? I'm like, no, no one has ever said it's going to fix all of our problems. But you know what you can't do midseason is get an entire new offensive line. You can't completely change the scheme that you worked on in the offseason. Those things cannot be fixed immediately or changed rapidly. But one thing you can do right away is just try somebody else for a fucking second. And guess what? It's a completely fucking reversible decision. If it doesn't work out, you put the other guy back in and you're right back where you started from, you jackasses. It's so simple. <laughs> uh, well, Sam Horn's also the only guy left on the team that uh, doesn't have an interception this year after making through that one last week. Megan oh, yeah. was in for one play and threw an interception. <laughs> well, I guess three Abraham, for fucking three. Abraham has coached him up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and I like I said, I was frustrated. It's frustrating enough that the press in at Mizzou are just such such sanctimonious, gutless fuckheads. But, you know, when they push back on it, when they actually go on Twitter and and yell at the fans for ask, asking, "Hey, can you ask? Can you ask a question about the most important position on the field? Would that be an, okay?" I mean, I know it's only the most important position on the field. I know it's the most central piece to why we've been losing and i i know you're a journalist and i'm not and you don't need to ask questions about the most important person on the field or the person most responsible for winning and losing games there's no need to ask those questions i agree but i just for sport could you maybe just ask him like did you consider starting anyone else after brady cook went seven for nine for 19 yards and a fumble loss did it ever cross your mind just to bring anybody else in the second half that's not a stupid question the whole extension pisses me off so bad it's because now giving that guy an extension it's all you're doing is telling him you're doing a great job buddy everything looks great so guess what the whole brady cook situation gonna be 10 times fucking worse i'm smarter than you obviously they're happy with me you know fucking desiree whoever called the fucking shots and so now he's like well you know i'm doing the right thing so he's just gonna keep on putting brady cook out there and keep getting away with this because like you've talked about before He's scared to death to put Sam Horn in now in case Sam Horn looks good. And then he's going to look like the biggest dickhead in the world. So he's just going to keep on doing the same stupid shit. Well, don't you think Brady Cook play the rest of the year? (laughs) You put Macon in for what criminal? That would be criminal. He put Macon. We said that two games ago, though, too. He put making him for one play. I almost feel like it was a fucking middle finger to the fans. You know, it's like, hey, Abraham's played, Megan's played, Cook's played. Guess who hasn't played yet? The one fucking guy who might be able to actually help the team. And guess what? He might not. He is untested. Give him a shot. I mean, some people just need a goddamn shot. It's, it's such a if simple sucks, concept. Please prove it to us. He sucks. Yeah. Why are we got to take Brinkett's word? Everybody's like, well, Drink clearly is watching this team. And I'm like, yeah, he clearly is watching this team. But you are just blindly taking it on faith that Drink knows what the fuck he's doing. Have you seen his play calling? <laughs> Have you seen the way he's led this team so far? I mean, like I said, he, I don't know that Drink's a very good coach, guys. I'm afraid to say it. But, you know, and don't get mad because he might be a bad coach. But he might be a bad coach. And, yeah, he's recruiting. But – that's the other part of the extension that scares the shit out of me. Are we, you know, he's getting told he's doing great. So are yeah. we going to have to watch this fucking offense again next year? This sideline to sideline bullshit? Well, I will say that I wonder if part of the, uh, maybe if there was a catch on the old extension that required him uh, to hire an offensive coordinator in the offseason. 
Like, hey, we're going to give you a two-year extension, but we also want you to have an offensive coordinator. That would be great. That would be that would be a shrewd negotiating move on the <laughs> I guess. part of Rene Francois. Ho, 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 ho. I, I, I guess I, the thing about the extension to me is just why. Why? I mean, I, Blaker, Blake well, Baker, we, we get. We on Patreon. Why? Because they're afraid of losing him because Drake's unhappy. Yeah, but I mean, and there's look, enough people that are worried about losing him that they gave him an extension. What, why are we so worried about losing him? Is the SEC clamoring for a five and or like a fucking five hundred coach? You know what I mean? Who's, well, who I mean, runs a pathetic offense? Like, oh god, the, the hot talk is around this Drinkwitz we're, character. I mean, if you need a guy who can go four and eight, this is your man. I agree. Losing Drinkwitz is the least of my worries. Losing Sam Horn is what the fuck I'm worried about. Well, and I get that, but what I'm saying is. It's completely conceivable that, like we talked about, that guy said it. Everybody started to know Drink was unhappy. And if I was a, a curator, if I was a person in position to make those decisions, I'd be like, I don't want to lose him yet. I want to see if the fucking recruiting pays off. Yeah. And so I would have been the I would have been the guy in the room going, give him the two years. I just want to see if the recruits pay off, and then we can shit can him. Yeah. If we got to buy him out, we'll buy him out. And then if you two were the curators, you would have been going, Hey, I, I, I'm sick of this fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. But there was a more there was enough people in the room like me apparently to to give him two more years, and it's fine and because it. two years doesn't not, really I'm mean not. two years. It just means a bit, you know the buyout, and that's fine. Yeah. I think if if we get sick of him next year, if if we don't pay off next year, the extension won't mean shit. It'll just he'll get more money at the end of the day on the buyout, which is fine. Yeah. I don't really care about the extension. I just, it is a head scratcher on timing, I guess, and, and we'll never know why because then, they're never going to tell us, and the media is not going to implore. So yeah, well, I'm I'm watching the Mizzou basketball team right now, and I'm like, it's so nice to have players. It's so nice to have somebody doing recruiting because we haven't had them on the basketball in for five fucking years, and we haven't well, had it, Colin, at the football to level. Be fair, we're a basketball ever. school. <laughs> yeah, all I'm saying is, is like I I understand the extension just from the standpoint, like I want to see if he can get enough players. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh gosh, damn it, LSU's old crazy ass coach Ed Grass, Les Miles. You know what I mean? Like Les Miles succeeded in spite of himself. Just he had a, just an enormous amount of talent on his football teams. But he everybody knows now that Les Miles is a fucking asshole and he sucks. And I'm okay with Drinkwitz sucking to some degree if he can pile talent on this program for long enough that he can it, it, it succeed in spite of it. I do want to say too, like <laughs> during the game, I saw Brandon Kylie from Rock M Nation saying that the quarterback play has just been utterly unacceptable. Sam Horn has to be put in this game, and I just thought, you know what? We read, we listened to your fucking podcast where you were telling us how great he played against Florida, and I just want to say, welcome to the fucking party. Welcome to the fucking party of what is obvious and been in front of our face all season long. And I don't know, there seems to be a competition amongst the media to be the last person in the room to say the most obvious fucking thing, which is Sam Brady Cook fucking sucks at quarterback. And everything you listen to is calling for Horn. I mean, the announcers watching the game, everybody is like just expecting Horn to come in. It's like Drinkowitz is the only one left in the entire fan base that thinks he should. It's Basilac all over again. Yeah, I thought when the game got tight there, and we had that series where he overthrew um, Barrett Bannister by like six yards, just missed him, and then he had like two huge, obvious misses on there, and we're punting. I'm just like, okay, Drinkowitz is like, we need to score here, and Drinkowitz. I feel like at this point, Drinkowitz was like, listen, I just we can't. He can't move the offense anymore. He can't. We can't. And I was like, so I'm sure somebody is going to be put in, and nobody's get put in. And that was when I, if 
whoever falls on Twitter when I put unbelievable, unfucking believable, I was flabbergasted. I can't imagine. I can't believe we've done the things we've done with this quarterback. It's defies logic. Well, and and, and it's the lost season. It is the lost season. Cook had a drive for a touchdown. He had two drives for a touchdown that were that the offense gelled and it rolled and it moved and he used his legs and it worked and it was good and he deserves credit for when it was good. But the fact is, it's so rare and it happens so sparingly that it's not it's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, That's yes, I, I totally mean, these people that are giving him credit. I'm just like, listen, we're scoring. He scores you 14 points in a game, and you guys are singing his praises. Our defense has given up 21 points a game. It's a top 10 defense in the nation, and we can't get wins. 14 is not enough. One score. How many fucking, they, uh, how many fucking games have we lost by one score? Basically everything in the conference. Yeah. And just think about if one of these quarterbacks was worth one score at any of these games. We've been, blo- just, we've been blown out one time, and it was Kansas State. We have been in the game all season long in conference play. That's why this is, like you say, the lost season because obviously Auburn was its own thing. Auburn was why we need to call a witch back because this team is fucking cursed. That was what the fuck. But every other game, Georgia, number one team in the country, just destroyed Tennessee. We were in, should have won. Florida, we were in, should have won. Kentucky, we were in, should have won. Thank God South Carolina is an absolute botched abortion of a football team bad to say this as a fan but the first thought that come to me when uh you know before the flag come out on the roughing the kicker i was like holy shit we're about to win this game and the press conference is going to be a total shit show of drinkwitz once again praising cook i just knew he was going to go in there and be like told you so the same shit as last week just how he marched us down and won us the game after playing like complete shit yeah, it and is that what you're out to do this season? Is to prove everybody wrong about Brady Cook? Or are you in it to win football games, Drinkwitz? Because this was your shot. This was your shot to get a bowl game, and you're not going to. You're going to go four yeah. and eight in your third year, and you deserve all the criticism you're getting. I don't care how much you bitch about it. You deserve every ounce of it because you have been a bad coach this year, and. Colin, I hope he does turn it around. I hope that extension pays off, and I hope we look great next year. But to this point, Drinkwitz looks like a shitty football coach who's not a smart man. He does not look like an intelligent human being. I don't care that he's got glasses because I think you know it makes him look like he can do math, but I don't know that he can even do math because what the fuck is he doing out there? I mean, our offense is garbage, and he... I mean, I think we've got a good defense by accident. He fucking stumbled into a good fucking defensive coordinator. That's probably harsh because he deserves credit for getting Blake Baker and for turning this defense around. But, like, man, this guy's in charge of the offense and has been for three years, and we haven't been able to move the fucking football in three years. We haven't had a quarterback who can play the fucking position in three years. What kind of offensive mind are you if in three years you can't fucking get a competent offense together? I mean... You motherfucker, you better get an offensive coordinator because you suck otherwise. I mean, we've hardly talked about the football game because, I mean, what is there to talk about? We were in this game. Kentucky Kentucky looked imminently beatable. You know, Kentucky gave us ample opportunities, and we just fritter it away like we do every fucking week almost, except for Vanderbilt we tried. 
And South Carolina, which, I mean, I guess there has to be one team that's absolutely worse than us, and South Carolina fits the bill. But, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, Caleb, the Greek, the reason he's not on the program is I think he's basically given up on fucking Mizzou. He's like, fucking free yourselves, boys. Get away. And, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's dr- they're driving people away. And, again, we had a full house. We had a lot of people there. People wanted an excuse to care. And Drinkwitz does not give us any excuse to care as long as he decides to choose to throw an entire football season away, which is what he's done, which unforgivable to me. Brutal. Whole season's been brutal. Yeah. I guess we should take a break. Um, <laughs> we have we have voicemails. I'm sure they're going to be upbeat and positive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we get to that when we come back from the break? I'm hot. If you hadn't noticed, I'm hot. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. I, I hadn't noticed. I mean, I, fuck. How how long does this have to go on? Like, what? Everybody ought to be hot. It ought not just be me. Well, that's yeah, my thing. I just the fact that the quarterback, the fact that anybody's talking about anything but the quarterback, is insane to me. And the fact that the press won't ask him about the quarterback is insane to me. Um, I mean, I just for a, for a town, it's got a journalism school, a renowned journalism school in it. These motherfuckers are the Oh my God! The most limber dick bunch of gutless losers ever. <laughs> spineless, spineless, spineless. All right. Jellyfish. On Jellyfish. That. What are we gonna? Know? What are we gonna learn? I don't know. Because you'll never ask. You yeah. fucking gutless turd. <laughs> well, we'll lose access if we don't. If we start asking them those scary questions. Well, what access do you have? You get ten minutes every fucking June or something like that. Give me a break. Yeah. You got to count on the fans to ask questions and drink what's over chicken wings at Harpo's or something during their post game show. <laughs> well, uh, you'll shout them at him. Yeah. All right. This is the Mazad cast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. are back why don't we just jump right into it because people had thoughts about this loss here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to will hey Mazodcast. walking across campus my first and probably only in-person game this season hopefully kentucky brings that fried chicken water instead of missouri bringing the hot dog water Let's go, M-I-Z. Oh, oh you child of summer. So who exactly stole Eli Drinkwitz as an offensive genius to us? Because this guy is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> he is. He's a terrible coach. <laughs> this offense is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. I wish that they would have just had an all-out brawl and just had to cancel the game so I wouldn't have to watch his terrible offense. Good thing we uh, 
extended our offensive guru, Eli Drinkwitz. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Yeah, the melee got me excited. I love it whenever there's a good uh, blood-up sort of fight on a football field. Because they just say offsetting penalties and go about their business. It's not like hockey where everybody gets penalized. Our offense is a Porta John at Woodstock 99, but on Sunday. <laughs> Watching your mom getting finger blasted by Edward Scissorhands <laughs> would still be more pleasant to watch than this goddamn offense. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hot garbage hobo come. Fucking soup kitchen. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Excuse Oh, that's dark. Yeah, that is dark. Our fans <laughs> can paint a picture. They can paint a picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Is Brady Cook the fucking punter now? We can't even fucking punt. God. <laughs> what was that squib kick shit? Like know. that. You talk about one of those coaching decisions where you, where, you go, where I might start to agree with you, Brent. I'm like, hey, that squib kick thing ain't working. Stop doing it. I, Colin, I don't know that he's that smart. I just, I mean, I'm, like I told you <laughs> that I'm off of. Uh, I'm off the Drinkwitz bandwagon, and I can be dragged on, and I'm not calling for him to be fired yet. But I don't know that he's that smart. Yeah, I've been off. Brady Cook and Connor Tolleson, that stupid fucking center, are closeted KU fans, and they came to the program to demolish it from the inside. And they're doing a fucking bang-up job of that. Also, Will Levis loops his dildo with mayo. God. <laughs> yeah. Just Man. some descriptive, descriptive, descriptive analogies. Yeah. What's up, you fucking idiot? Hey, Phil. This offense is like the biscuit at the soggy biscuit party, and we're forced to fucking eat it. Just hobo cum running down our chin. <laughs> hobo cum. And oh, our Lord. fucking beard and our mustaches just <laughs> covered in hot, sticky, fucking salty hobo cum. Hobo cum. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. Love you. Bye. Go so had that is leaped out of anything. It would be <laughs> a lot of bleep so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, it was uh, it's, uh, descriptive. It, oh, yeah. I it's thought YouTube was hot. dark, but it sounds like the fan base is very. Yeah, dark. we've talked about fingering people's moms with Edward Scissorhands, and then uh, <laughs> super fan <laughs> Phil brings up a soggy biscuit party, also known as an Okie yeah. Cookie, I believe. Right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's all it's cookie in these parts. I, I prefer when you just use terms like hot dog water. Um, <laughs> yeah, something, something yeah. nice and delicate and gentle. Yeah. Talking about diarrhea that comes out like hot dog water. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, what was, oh, Caleb, what was it? Uh, vegetable soup out of a trumpet? Chili. <laughs> chili from a trumpet. Yeah this, yeah, this game was chili out of a trumpet. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's called in uh, to criticize Brady Cook. No. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> but uh, based on what I'm seeing, he's not having a particularly good game. <laughs> what game in a way? It's gone way longer than I expected. I mean, this is beyond. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just good. Night. I just figured it was. It was some point it would just become untenable. Like you, you, you realize very early, like, oh, he's not good enough. He's not going to be good enough. And, you know, and then we're going to have to make a change bad. at some point. I had a guy tell me today at work, he's like, well, this offensive line is so bad. He's probably just trying to protect you. I just want to put him out there behind this offensive line and just get him killed. 
I'm like, well, I guess that's a somewhat plausible explanation, except that we're almost winning football games. Yeah. So we're taking losing 15 seconds to develop team, a play. We're losing these games by, by one score. I, I just can't imagine. It would be one thing we're getting blown out. The offensive line was just, just getting just destroyed, but I, I just don't see it. I, yeah, the offensive line is pretty, pretty bad, but I just don't see it. It's so bad that we could, couldn't put somebody else back there again. We're playing football here. Is the guy made, was he a Fabergé egg? Well, you know, and he made a glass. The other like, thing, put the motherfucker back there. If it wins football games, it wins football games. I'm loyal to Mizzou, not the name on the back of some guy's jersey. The other you know, thing, the risk of injury is inherent in the game. The uh, the other thing about that, Colin, is the the implication of that attitude is that Drink doesn't give a fuck about Brady Cook. You know what I mean? Like he's he's yeah. he's like, oh, if he gets hurt, he gets fucking hurt. I don't think that's the truth at all. I think he thinks Brady Cook is swell. You know, like he doesn't want Brady Cook getting hurt either. So. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's football. You know, it's a dangerous sport. And if you're worried about a guy getting hurt, maybe this isn't the sport for you because it's, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just, (laughs) it's just a risky sport. So like, if we're worried about getting hurt, there's a lot of non-contact sports out there. You know, swing a golf club. Nobody's going to tackle you. Nobody's going to break your collarbone. Does Mizzou still have the Quidditch team? Yeah, we follow them on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, maybe Drake's going to suggest Sam Horn play Quidditch. Kevin from Kirkwood here yet again. And uh, the only difference, I think, between Harrison Nevis and Will Zalatoris is that Will Zalatoris is 150 pounds soaking wet. These guys have the worst case of the get from inside. uh, I mean, in Nevis' case, what, 25 yards or thereabouts, and Zalatoris about six feet or so. And uh, they need they need to find a fucking sports psychologist or something for for Nevis and Adi Zalatoris because I like him as a golfer. But I just turned the game on after a whole bunch of other stuff. If you just took the lead. That's good. Hopefully they can hopefully they can keep it up. If, if we want to go to a fucking Poulon Weed Eater Bowl, I won't mind it. M I Z. Yeah, Mevis. Dream on, buddy. Another miss for Mevis. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. we should probably explain that the Will Zalatoris is a golfer who. Uh, has the shanks, uh, and so does the kicker. I don't know how many people are gonna, are avid golf enthusiasts, but if, uh, Caleb, do you know who Will Zalatoris is? No, I thought he was professional. Exactly. Wrestler. Exactly. So that's what, uh, just so everybody knows, that's a golfer. That's a golfer. Yeah, yeah. Mizzou got hosed by the refs and lost to Kentucky and other news. The sky is blue, but why did they extend drink? That's the biggest thing that pissed me off today. It's like, I'm not even saying that, like, we should fire him this year, right? And I've been accused of that, oh, you can't just have a new coach every three years. But what's the point of extending him? Because at the trajectory the program is going right now, butchered the pronunciation of that, but we move. Why would you extend him? Because at the way we're going right now, we're going to have to fire him in a couple years, and that's just making the buyout bigger. So who wins with this extension? Like, are we worried that someone else is going to take him? If someone else wants him, take him. I don't care. Like, what's the point of that? I think you addressed that, Colin. I mean, I don't want him to, you know, come in completely comfortable next year. I want him to know that his seat is getting hot and to do some coaching or we're going to get rid of you. Instead, the extension completely surprised me. Obviously, he's doing great in recruiting, and that's all that matters to Colin. So he's a <laughs> stupid idiot, and I don't agree with anything he says. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying I listen. I'm not putting my flag around saying Drankwood's a good coach. I'm not saying he'll succeed. I'm just saying as long as he's recruiting, I will give him some leash. 
I think we're in a new era of college football where guys are making millions and millions of dollars to coach and even more money to not coach whenever they fire them unceremoniously and they get a huge buyout, a la Brian Harson. But uh, I just feel like this talk is premature. That's all. Sure. But what, I, what I'm saying yeah. is in this new era where guys are getting this much money, there's a flip side of that coin. And the seat gets hot faster. Sorry, during quits. The seat gets hot faster. You're making $4 million a year. No Mizzou coach has made that much money. Yeah, Pinkle got a longer leash. Pinkle made much less money. And so tit for tat, you know what I mean? Like, fuck off. If you don't hear the fucking well, hot seat talk, then uh, don't cash those big fat checks. Well, it was a, it's a different it was a different era then, and stuff is supposed to happen faster now. There's no doubt about it. People, the 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 length that programs give coaches is shortened. And if he wasn't recruiting, I'd be right there with you guys. I I he the, the starting uh, cook. I mean, he has lost us this season. He has taken the season and flushed it. But that's how strongly I feel about recruiting. It is the lifeblood of college sports, basketball, football, whatever sport you want to at college. You've got to find a guy that can bring in athletes and everything else comes second. And as long as he's doing that, he's going to have some leash with me. I would love to know how many games we've lost just because drinks had the wrong quarterback in while he's been at Mizzou. I mean, how many now we've had, we've started every season with the wrong quarterback. So I would love to know that number every single season. What if the athletes leave? (laughs) Holy shit. Is that the ghost of Cable? <laughs> That's the ghost yeah. of the Greek. Who is this voice we're hearing from the heavens? What, what if the athletes leave? Because the transfer portal lets you leave now, so you can recruit your ass off, get them in, and then if you throw a turd burger on the field, they're just going to be like, yeah, I'm really good. Fuck you guys. I'm going to go play somewhere else. That's the only thing I that's agree. bad now. Yeah. It used to be yeah, you're stuck with a kid for three years. Yeah, if this- everybody ships out this offseason, I'll be right there with you guys. Yeah. The other thing about the uh, transfer portal and people being able to leave and NIL more specifically is that Mizzou has dumped literally hundreds of millions of dollars into facility upgrades. And that's all nice. But, you know, from what we are hearing and the way the college sports is now working and recruiting is now working with NIL money, these players, they don't give a fuck about your hundred million dollar practice facility or your south end zone renovation. None of that makes a difference to them. They will work out in a tractor shed if they're getting big, fat NIL checks. They don't give a fuck about all of these facility upgrades. It has completely changed gears for these SEC programs who have been on this like arms race to build the bigger and the better facilities. Like It doesn't even matter now. And I don't know how Mizzou's doing on NIL, but uh, we'll see. Speaking of that, Brendan, my buddy's kid got offered a Mizzou baseball scholarship, and that's what they told him was one of the things is how they were going to upgrade all their facilities for baseball. And he's telling us this one Saturday morning just laughing about it like some fucking 16-year-old kid gives two fucks what their facility looks like he's going to practice in. Yeah. Like, that's not a big deal to him. No. I don't know if anyone cares. They want money in their pocket. Yeah. What did they say? I mean, that's the most typical Mizzou fashion way to lose a game I've ever seen in my life. And you would think years of Mizzou fandom would prepare you for something like that, but I mean, rip my fucking heart out. Hot garbage, M-I-Z, hello, come, goodbye. <laughs> Hot garbage, homo, come. Man, it sucks when your playbook of lateral passes and just running up the middle has fewer options. 
paper, rock, scissors. Well, that's another thing. I feel like there's no way to not notice that the play calling and playbook is specifically designed for Brady Cook. You know what I mean? Like we're tr- nothing gets too tricky, and we refuse to throw the ball inside the five yard line. Refuse. Will not ten yard line. Will not do it. What does that say about your quarterback when you refuse to throw the ball? Like we literally haven't thrown a ball inside the, like the ten yard line in two full games. Like the minute we get into the red zone, they just get scared to death, especially when that field shrinks. You know, when you get on that five yard line and now the everything closes up, there's no way they're going to let him take a chance on throwing a ball. And that's who you're going to start is the guy that you're so scared of. You can't have him throw a ball in the fucking red zone. This is your pick. I mean, the decisions you make on play calling tell us everything we need to know about how you feel about Brady Cook. So why not yank his fucking ass? I would be happy just seeing Macon or anybody else at this point as well. I mean, we all want to see Horde, but shit, I'd gladly watch anybody. Macon's a fast kid. Why can't he do the exact same thing Cook's doing up there? Well, Caleb, I mean, Abraham and Macon have seen glimpses of time, and they cannot wait to throw the other team the football. That's not helping their cause. (laughs) Well, that's true. Well, final score of that game, Mizzou 17, Kentucky 7, officials 14. Uh, that, I am, I'm legitimately, I'm legitimately fucking mad at that. I am legitimately angry at officiating. That had to have been, in aggregate, the worst. God, that was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Almost as bad as his voicemail. (laughs) <laughs> and you know it wasn't just the uh, the roughing the kicker thing. I mean, there were a number of calls that the officials were just like terrible at. I mean, the big brawl and only Mizzou got penalized for was like fuck you. <laughs> I mean, how about the spot when they spotted the ball? That, he, that yeah. was the most egregious one to me. Like, yeah, I think what you're going to find out is that when they actually go dig down into the the rule book, they're going to find out that that punt. Was, pro- was probably called correct correctly, but it was it's obviously the wrong call and a rule that needs to be changed. If it was called yeah. correctly, I, but but I've I've seen people online saying, "Listen, based on the way it's written in the book, like he was never left the tackle box. It doesn't, yeah. you know, there's no parameter on how far. Either way, I that was almost more forgivable to me than the spot where they were like a the solid yard five. short, and they just did they just gave him the first down. Oh my. Fucking sweet Jesus, Brady Cunting Cook should not play football ever again. Eli Drinkwitz is not a good coach. Brady Cook, he's fucking dismal, fucking dismal, and fucking dismal. Just fucking shit. Fuck. 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 Oh, garbage. <laughs> garbage. You know, I should really think about getting a job with Miss Desiree Reeb and Wallballs. Mm. You know, even if it is a performance-based job, I don't have to perform worth a shit, just be completely mediocre, and I'll still get a race. It's a win-win situation. Except for all the fans. But, you know, fuck the fans. M.I.V. Yeah, the uh, the extension doesn't seem to be popular. A couple hours after the ball game, my nuts still hurt. <laughs> uh, I'd rather wipe my ass with poison ivy than to watch Brady Cook play football. 
M-I-V. <laughs> it's been the uh, week of analogies. The dark one. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure that Desiree Reap and Wallball would give that one camera guy a raise and a promotion after that performance because, you know, that was pretty well worth <laughs> it. That was some fucking freelance amazing bullshit. Yeah, somebody's nephew just got hired to work the camera for the SEC network. That was pretty obvious. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so there you have it. People were unhappy. Shocking. <laughs> I mean, it's been no a- Carolina jackpot. No Carolina jackpot. I mean, his spirit might be broken. I think is he still alive? He 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 made it through the Mizzou game somehow, but uh, I haven't heard from him. Maybe we'll hear from him again soon. I mean, I don't. This has been one of the most difficult seasons for me to get through of Mizzou football, and there have been some terrible Mizzou football seasons. But I think the frustrating thing is just how Drinkwitz has just opted, chosen to throw the season away with talent. It's one thing when we're just a talentless joke of a team, but that's not what we are. We're just a team with a coach who wants us to lose for some reason. Has anybody checked to see if he has mafia ties and is gambling on these games? Because <sighs> Jesus Christ, Drinkwitz. Anyway, why don't we look around the horn with the SEC? We we break our bread and waffle house. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. All right, Colin, boot up the fine bot for us. I'll do. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. All right, thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. And uh, Bear Caleb, I don't know how you feel about this, <laughs> but uh, over the week, Twink Caleb <laughs> made picks in your stead oh. and uh, even stole your theme song. Oh, did he do any good, though? Um, Caleb, what, what, what do you think? Did you do pretty good this week, huh? Uh, no. You should be fired. <laughs> so we lost I, 50 I, on ten- he lost like 50 on Tennessee, Georgia, but I did, too. Yeah, so did I. I did, too, yeah. because I took the advice of one Caleb the Twink Yeah, and made my first bet all season. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. he get, I think it was his Lana Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Lock. It was. And yeah. uh, well, let's start That's with that good. one, shall we? Because we thought that was going to be the game of the year. And uh, Georgia said, oh, no, 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 no. We, uh, we want that number one spot back in Tennessee. Held on to it for all of a week, and Georgia beat them 27 to 13. It was a fucking one-sided affair. You're right about that. In Athens. Yeah, it felt worse than that, too. It did. I think that Georgia could have scored more. I mean, they started out hot and heavy. I think it was 24 to 6 at halftime. And uh, then Tennessee, the second half was pretty boring at that point because it was basically over. But uh, Tennessee is uh, exposed as a fraud. Well, they were almost, they almost got close enough. They had the ball with an opportunity to get close enough to win the bet. Yeah. And the bastard, they just couldn't get it done. I was so, oh. I know, because the line was eight. They just looked over a match. Yeah. They they melted when the lights came on. They were like, oh, we're number one. It's it's all well and good to be the guy trying to get to number one. You're like sort of the little engine that could. You're going to fight your way to the top. But 
they got to the top and the light was very, very bright. And Georgia, who's very used to that light, came in and kicked a fucking mud hole in them. Well, and then we also got the fact that they beat Alabama, which in hindsight is looking, you know, maybe not as impressive after what we saw this weekend. So uh, they're not the only ones in town who can beat Alabama, turns out. Let's go to the Florida-Texas A&M game. Uh, Texas A&M, I think, was out without their starting quarterback, although they were at home. Florida had little trouble with these uh, terrible, terrible Aggies. Gators won 41-24. to Texas A&M now sits at 3-6. and Jimbo's buyout is getting more and more tempting for the Texas A&M faithful. At least for not Texas A&M, I mean, they spend a ridiculous amount of money on everything, and they're 3-6. and six. Yeah, we're 4-5. and five. Yeah. We've got a better record than Texas A&M, and that's a lot of fun. I've rarely seen a coach with as high a profile as Jimbo Fisher have this precipitous a downfall. It's I mean, brutal. He is, he is, he, he, he looks lost. His team looks awful. You know, this is a guy who won a national championship not that long ago. Not only that, they were started the season in the top 10, certainly. And the, all these projections about how good they were going to be and that one of the best recruiting classes of all time. And this is what we get. I mean, it's a, it's a colossal fuck up of a season. I mean, do you think there's any way Jimbo Fisher is a starting head coach next year? Because I don't. $92 million. That's the buyout. I think they'll pay it. Dollars. I mean, they're sitting on a fucking oil well. They're going to pay it. Adios. Um, no, I'd fire him. He needs to be fired, but I don't know if they will. I don't know. That's just that's a shitload of money. Best job in the world being an SEC, fired from an SEC coaching position. Arkansas took on Liberty at home. Liberty, of course, coached by Hugh Freeze. And this is an interesting one because it was a low-scoring affair. Arkansas loses to Liberty 21-19. to 19. <laughs> Liberty 8-1 goes on the road and beats, obviously, one of the best teams in the SEC, according to Arkansas fans, the Razorbacks. Fucking Sam Pittman's. <laughs> it's amazing how fast his uh, star is dimming. Arkansas's 5-4. They went from, what were they, ranked 8th at one point? Yeah, just like A&M had high hopes in there. It is not panning out. But don't bet against Liberty because you get to fuck Jerry Falwell's wife if you win a game there. So he's <laughs> really, really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need that motivation. Mississippi State took on Auburn. Mississippi State was at home, and this one went into OT. Auburn not having a good year. Mississippi State sort of teetering on the brink of having a good season. They ended up getting the win 39-33 over Auburn and their coachless team now. Auburn's three and six, Mississippi State six and three. Mississippi State's going to fuck around and end up third in the West or something like that this season and get a decent bowl, I think. This was just, just typical Mike Leach season, I feel like. You know, not in any contention for a national title, but a respectable season, a decent bowl. That's Ooh. like the Mike Leach did way. You, did you see the video going around of him folding up all the chairs for his I wide did. receivers? I did. <laughs> Well, he has always been a bit of a horse's ass. You know what I mean? He's yeah. always been sort of a drunk. Oh, he's queen. one of those people. I mean, like if you – Mike Leach is one of those guys that is great on TV. He's great on a microphone, and I bet he'd be a miserable bastard to work for. <laughs> you know what I mean? All these people love him, but I'd be like, be with him. Be with him for five minutes. You know, be his employee for five minutes. Be his player for five minutes. I bet the bloom comes off the rose pretty fast. Oh, he's I a, mean, he's he a is great if you're talking – yeah, he's a lunatic. I mean, he's listen. If I got to listen to a coach talk about Sasquatch, he's the guy I'm choosing. 
Right. Hands down. But I'll bet he is not a lot of fun to play for. You know, he strikes me as a guy who he's calling these guys like fat little girlfriends when I'm in the shade tree drinking lemonade. I don't yeah. know if you guys saw that clip. Oh, yeah. It's he's a hoot. Like, and uh, I'm just like, this guy's crazy. And it's I amazing just, you guys that go play idea. for him. He's yeah, awesome. Know, but he's an enigma. <laughs> Have you ever seen Mike Leach and Vince Gill in the same room? Because I nope. think they're the no, same person. They are. They're the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. South Carolina and Vanderbilt played each other in the loss to Missouri Bowl. The Gamecocks came away the victor 38-27. to 27. Uh, Vanderbilt now has the same record as Texas A&M, which is, I'll say that again, Vanderbilt has the same record as Texas A&M. That's great. Um, and then that takes us Texas to... Texas A&M doesn't belong in the SEC. That's true. They're not SEC material. That takes us to what ended up being the SEC game of the week. We all thought it would be Tennessee-Georgia. Instead, it was Bama versus LSU in Death Valley. No, no. Another overtime game. No, not a chance. LSU beats Alabama. No. 32-31. to No. In overtime. No. Brian Kelly opts to go for two to win it all. Not a chance. And it pays off. I watched this one to the bitter end, and it was it was what college football is all about. It was a fun time. It was a very slow first half, but then it heated up hard in the fourth. And boy, Nick Saban, he murdered some puppies after this one. I'm sure. Not sure about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I it was, uh, am not upset about watching Alabama lose ever, other than having money on it. Yeah, <laughs> I get a I get a kick uh, right after the game. I saw somebody posted a picture of Randy Marsh carrying his balls in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Only they put in, they put um, Brian Kelly's picture. Uh, Brian Kelly's head on on him. And I was just like, no, that's for real. That that was a baldy that was a baldy call. I think it was. The, I mean, it's obviously the right call. But I mean, I think in that situation, you're like, how long do you want to fuck around and find out with Alabama? It's amazing with Brian Kelly who comes in there as a carpet bagger, putting on a fake southern accent in his first press conference and people want to kill him run him out of town after he gets beat by florida state in week one and all of a sudden you yeah. beat bama and nick saban and they're gonna roll out the red carpet it's gonna be crawfish season for brian kelly <laughs> yeah he came in initially being like try some of my magic tonic it'll it'll balance your humors <laughs> that's right yeah come on what money you got left why don't you hand it over <laughs> that's right uh, out you beat Alabama, you're not a carpetbagger anymore. That's right. You're just a good old-time country fella. Country's a wagon load of hay, Brian Kelly. That's <laughs> I say about him. <laughs> and then in other news, Kentucky beat Missouri 21-17. Moving on to next week. Uh, so LSU, now number 10 in the country after their big win against Alabama, will be taking on Arkansas in Fayetteville. LSU is a three-point favorite, just a three-point favorite over the Hogs. Seven and two, Arkansas's five and four. I got to tell you, I like that line. I want to take me some LSU. I know, I know, we got both the Caleb's on the line now. I don't know what they think, but uh, fuck, I think LSU's a lot better than Arkansas after what I've been seeing. I should get no say after the week I had. Oh, you got to be like a quarterback. You got to have a short memory, Caleb. When you're pick, making picks, just ask the Greek. Okay. 1500 bucks on LSU. <laughs> what do you think, Greek? Plus three, Arkansas. Is that correct? Arkansas's getting three. Arkansas's getting three. Yeah. Uh, take uh, take LSU now. Yeah. On the road, even still, I agree. 
Kentucky and Vanderbilt are going up against each other. This one will be in Lexington at Grocery Store Field. Kentucky is a, here's where it gets interesting, 17-point <laughs> favorite over the balls. 50-point over and under takes the under. It is a 50-point over and under, yeah. That, that could be right. I mean, Kentucky is not really good at scoring points, and Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. So that does look good to me, the under. Yeah, under. Do you think? Well, don't don't sleep on how good Missouri's defense is. <laughs> well, you know that's. I mean, I just feel like the over under there. I, I Vanderbilt may not be. They may be able to score on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is not Mizzou. I mean, I know we look record wise like a very similar team, but that is a top ten defense uh, that Mizzou's carrying around. I don't see either of these teams scoring thirty, and I don't know. I uh, well, just just a, a sample of Kentucky. Offense, they put up 19 against Ole Miss, 14 South Carolina, 27 Mississippi State, and 6 Tennessee, 21 at Missouri. Like, they just don't put up any fucking points ever against anyone. So That's why you're the Greek. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just saying, I may get fucked on that one, but if they put up 25, I have a hard time believing that Vanderbilt's going to put up 25-2 to cover the 50. Moving on to the uh, the Hugh Freeze Bowl, Ole Miss is taking on Alabama. I think Hugh Freeze was the last guy there to beat the uh, Crimson Tide. Bama's now seven and two, number six in the country. Ole Miss eight and one, eleven in the country. Ole Miss has only had that one loss on the season, but they have played a lot of close games in conference. Alabama's a twelve point favorite in this one. That sounds right to me. I. Ole Miss scares me every, each and every week when they play. Um, they they end up getting it done, but I don't know if that they're covering every week. I don't see Bama losing a, a hard-fought game to LSU, uh, meaning that Bama is now on a level where this game should in any, in any way be in doubt. Yeah. They're still Alabama. South Carolina heads to Gainesville. Florida is an eight-point favorite. Uh, Florida's five and four on the season. South Carolina's still just six and three. I mean, that – they wanted to fire everybody after they lost to Missouri, but six and three is a respectable record. Like I said, Florida's the eight point favorite in this one. I look to Florida to cover. Yeah, I would think so. Right. Surely, surely. Number three, Georgia. Now nine and zero, taking on Mississippi State six and three. Georgia is a sixteen and a half point favorite on the road. I think this is where the kind of game where Mike Leach and all his Sasquatch magic can't keep up with a team like Georgia. I mean, it takes a team like Missouri to keep Georgia close. That's the truth. Well, you joke, but we've got a better defense than Mississippi State. And then two teams which have had utter disaster of seasons. I mean, for as bad as Missouri has been, I would say that Texas A&M and Auburn have had worse seasons, and their records indicate it. Texas A&M on the road at Auburn. Auburn is the two-point favorite in this one. It's the battle of who wants to lose the least I, mean, I wouldn't bet that game if you gave me free money. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, that is – you are really putting your balls out there if you take anything on this game. Uh, over-under is 48-and-a-half in this one, less than the South Carolina Vandy game. God, these are two miserable programs right now. Is that all? Yeah, they're all, it's awful. They play awful football, and it's not – no one's going to watch that football game. I I think A and M's going to win on the road. I think um, we've been. I think a lot of people, myself included, have been like, "Well, 
they're bound to turn it around or they're bound to show up in one of these games. They never do. But Auburn's just so bad. It takes a Missouri-esque collapse to not win against Auburn. And so, I don't know. It's in a, in a game where neither choice is good. I'm going to go with A&M. Can't say you're wrong. And then the last game on the docket, 11 a.m. on CBS, number one in the country, Tennessee takes on these, – these rankings have to be old. They still have them at number one on – yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Number one in the country, Tennessee, taking on the Missouri Tigers in Knoxville, Neyland Stadium. Tennessee is a 21-point favorite in this game. Who do you got? Tennessee's going to win by more than 21. That's that's yeah, what I would say. We would have a hard time keeping up with Tennessee if they weren't motivated. But they just got pants on national television yeah. against Georgia. They're going to be looking for uh, somebody to take out their frustrations on, and it's going to be our buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Drinkwitz embarrassed himself last year against Tennessee. I mean, it was an utter, unprepared, unprovoked fucking disaster last year. And it was the first oh, time. Oh, the game we left before halftime? That's the one. And it was, I mean, you can lose to better teams, and it's fine. But the performance that Missouri put up last year against Tennessee was unforgivably awful. And it was reminiscent of the Kansas State game this year. And Drinkwitz... He doesn't have to win this game. He's not going to win this game. But he better not put up a fucking – he better cover this fucking three-touchdown spread because I'm sick and tired of being embarrassed to be a Missouri fan. And that's what Eli Drinkwitz has done to me in his tenure is put up fucking humiliating performances. And uh, I think he sucks as a coach. And if he fucking gets beat by more than 21, fuck him. <laughs> well, I – I, there is always a chance that the Mizzou defense could pitch a, ch- a game like they did against Georgia. Um, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, Kentucky, who scores a lot of points, can't score more than 21 against Mizzou. But is anyone here confident that Mizzou can score yeah, 21 points against Tennessee? It also wouldn't shock me if they put up 60. Tennessee and, and Kentucky's score of that game when they played was, do you remember? It was bad. Yeah. No, it was like forty-two to six. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm gonna, I would not be shocked if we had like a fifty-five seventeen type game. I mean, Mizzou could defense could really show up, but I, I would, like I said, if I had to put my money on this game, I would bet that we will lose by more than twenty-one points. Missouri just beat Southern Indiana in their first basketball game, ninety-seven to ninety-one. Scoring ninety-seven points is good. Letting Southern Indiana score ninety-one, not as good. No. Well, the crazy thing is, is that Southern Indiana kind of uh, kept themselves in this game. They were shooting threes. I mean, they hit more threes down the down the uh, stretch. The last like two minutes of the game was just literally street ball. Like everybody just running up down the court as fast as they can, scoring, scoring, scoring. Yeah. Nobody was playing any defense. That- but I will say this: after watching the Conzo Martins uh, patented paint drying offense uh, for the last <laughs> you know twenty five years, it feels like it was fun to watch. Yeah, 97. I mean, uh, when was the last time uh Conzo team put up 97 on anybody? Because what they usually The last would time do 97 and Conzo were in the same room was 1997. <laughs> I'll tell you, that, that honor kid from Missouri couldn't look more like Carlton Banks from the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah. God, I mean, I I'd like to see him dance. Carlton dance? Yeah. yeah. I want to see him dance. dance. 
Yep, that's that's Carlton, all right. Yeah, I mean, take um, a look at that guy. He is Carlton. Put him in a tie. I tell you who was impressive since we've just decided to talk about basketball suddenly. It's, it just uh, happened. It just Shaw, ended. Shaw looks good. And that uh, Go Miller, how do they say that guy's name? Number two. Oh, man. The guy with the ponytail. Like uh, Go Million or Go... Go Million, right, like that's him. it. Go Million. He looked good. I like him. He'll run all over the place. He's the Pat Ben of college basketball. And that you know, the money line was either. on that game tonight. Wazoo was uh, minus 3,500. Uh, <laughs> on that game. So you got to put up 3,500 to make 100? Is that what I'm getting? 3,500 yeah. to make 100 on that game. Yeah. Safe this, bet. Uh, they were... They were Did no one 19, else take that? They were 19-point favorites. <laughs> well, they did not come. Point favorites. It says so. here Southern Indiana shot 50% from the three-point line, so yeah. that did keep them in it. But uh, yeah. They well, hit that over. Win's a win, guys, and uh, it's, let's see. The Dennis Gates era is alive and well now. Yeah, good job, Dennis. Yeah, you just got dentist. would and if Missouri continues to win in basketball, all the people that thought we should have Conzo Martin in for another 10 years just to turn things around can go fuck themselves. <laughs> all right. That has been Around the Horn. And once again, Colin, I have no Kansas news prepared. All right, guys. Let's cheer ourselves up. Let's uh, let's head out west to Kansas and do some Kansas news. I was there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine. Sunflowers sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story, dog seen carrying severed arm, decapitated body, later found in Kansas. Police found a decapitated body after receiving reports of a dog carrying a severed human arm. Authorities said Monday the body was discovered Saturday in an abandoned house in Kansas in the woods. Uh, Police Chief Derek Hearn said in a news release the body's arm was recovered on a street near an abandoned house, but the head hadn't been located as of Monday morning. That's a very graphic and and brutal picture, the mutilation of a body. My reaction is one of disgust and one of concern, said the mayor Monday in Monday's press conference. It's not something you grow accustomed to. It's never something you want to grow accustomed to. How often does this happen that you have to worry about becoming accustomed to seeing a dog carrying severed limbs around? This is a state that's really concerned with the crime rate in Chicago. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's just dogs roaming around with severed limbs in their mouths. Yeah. Now, I'm sure a lot of Kansas residents are like, lucky dog. I haven't had meat in weeks. <laughs> yeah. I haven't eaten anything but prairie dog meat in forever. Man, I could really go for some dog right now. <laughs> well, you do have a problem with embalmers and things in Kansas, so they're probably just checking these dudes out the back door. Sure, yeah, let the dogs eat them. Problem mm-hmm. solved. Next story, burned out as more educators leave. Kansas faces its worst ever teacher shortage. And keep in mind, this is a state that didn't have a lot of teachers to start out with. First came the school year when a killer virus sent everybody home early. Then the maddening online year, followed by the half and half year. Amid all that, teachers or public schools writ large became the enemy. Hostility boiled over about wearing masks, banning library books, teaching history and race, and fears continued about gunmen storming classrooms. Many Kansas teachers and principals and superintendents found themselves burned out or worn out, and they're calling it quits. 
Now Kansas finds itself in the most severe teacher shortage it's ever known. Roughly 4% of teaching jobs, about 1,400, remain unfilled. And by the time the school bell first rang this fall, it's only gotten worse. 40 years ago, there were up to 100 applicants every year for teaching jobs in Kansas. This fall, even in large districts, you'd be lucky to get 10. We have shortages everywhere. I mean, sure, there's a lot of issues on the national level that are affecting Kansas teaching jobs getting filled, but I think we really have to get to the bottom of the issue, which is you have to read to be a teacher a lot of times, and it's Kansas. So that's a big bar to jump. You know what I mean? Well, it's they should go to um, just – it's not a big problem. It's Answers for Genesis will take care of this, Brennan. Oh, is that right? What's this answer? What that generous. is Genesis. No, please explain. Genesis. Oh, I was watching the Chiefs game last night, right? And I saw so I had there was a commercial where it's like this dad. He looks sort of um, I don't know, hip. He's like you know something about it was sort of like very vague, but like you know what we you know need to teach our kids, and it's important for their education, and we need to you know. But it is also strangely vague. It just was weird. Like what? And he's like. So uh, if you're looking for curriculum or whatever, contact Answers for Genesis. I'm like, what the fuck is Answers for Genesis? And so I looked it up, and it's some homeschool uh, Bible curriculum if you want to teach your kids and make them super weird at home. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, on a fucking nationally televised football game. Like, I was like, what the F is going on here? But this may be, it may be the answer to all of Kansas's problems. Answers from Genesis or for Genesis? I feel like from makes oh, more sense. Because I, I asked because I want to look it up. Answers in Genesis. In Genesis, there we called. go. Yeah, well. <laughs> like Phil Collins' Genesis? <laughs> An easy-to-use homeschool curriculum <laughs> that brings the Bible to life. That's what they're, That's what the pitch is. Yeah, in case your I, pesky teachers have been teaching you that the world is older than 5,000 years old, we've got some, yep. we've got some curriculum yeah. for you. But I do like yeah, are you sick? Are you sick of these secularists and their carbon dating? <laughs> well, answers to Genesis. Answers in Genesis is, is the way to go. I like uh, Caleb's notion that it's really all about Phil Collins and his band. Phil, it's Phil Collins, man. Like, <laughs> you're having Genesis the band teach your kids, and I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah, well, because the, the alternative is that they're called, they, uh, the, their textbooks call dinosaurs Jesus horses. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Next story. This is a big one, folks. The Kansas football team played this weekend, and uh, they went up against Oklahoma State, who was ranked number 18 in the country, and they were not favored. But uh, the Jayhawks came up big, one thirty-seven to 16 over Oklahoma State at home. Put some six I hate and to three. say that, but I uh, I put that game in on a parlay, and that helped me get over my uh, Tennessee loss on that one. You picked Kansas the Jayhawks in your parlay? I picked the Jayhawks in my parlay. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, I did. That's bold. That's Brian Kelly balls bold. It is. I put I put together a nine-teamer. It came out nice. Jesus. Well, I hate I hate for Kansas to win, but if they're going to upset a team, it's really nice that it's Mike Gundy's team. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man. He's 40. <laughs> yeah, that makes Kansas bowl eligible at now 6-3. and three, And I don't know if you saw it, but they stormed the field and tore down the goalpost after a uh, middle-of-the-season win against a middling 6-3 and three Oklahoma State. 
So good. And then uh, chopped it up and handed it out as food so they could all get their iron content up. <laughs> they threw it in what looked like a lagoon. Yeah. Well, that's, no, that's the just Tennessee. the Kansas River. Yeah. 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 Holy, so it was bad. Are they taking their cues from Tennessee who chucked their uh, goalposts into the river? The Kansas River is right there by the field, below the field. Well, like a runoff piece of shit. Yeah. Don't and drink out of it. And their defense, they get their curriculum from Answers in Genesis. And so <laughs> I think it says somewhere in one of those chapters in the Bible that, you know, you throw the gold posts into the river. And, As uh, Moses was and, uh, tossed so, into the Jordan River. <laughs> so was the gold post. Yeah, so shall be. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to ask all three of you guys, and I'd like an honest answer. They played on Saturday. Missouri and Kansas. Do you think Missouri would win that game? No. No. <sighs> yeah, absolutely not. Not unless we have not unless there's a quarterback change. I yeah. can't imagine we can I mean it's hard to imagine us winning any game right now. Based on, I mean, literally if, if our defense wasn't so miraculous, we wouldn't have beat South Carolina. I mean you can't play football without quarterback. It's just not doable. Proving it. All right. Well, this is on that sad note, this has been Kansas News. All right, that takes us to our final two segments of the day. Uh, let's get into TJ Mo Dude of the Week. Any candidates? Well, it's not really football-related, Brendan, but I don't know. It's Kentucky-related. Yeah, it's Kentucky-related, and just to let everybody know what kind of miserable tripe lives in that state, if you haven't, uh, you should look up the name Sophia Rosing, I think is the name. She's a Kentucky student. She showed up drunk. To get into a building, one of the Kentucky uh, buildings on campus, the person, like the person working the desk, was an African American woman, and she basically, you know, she said she came in drunk and started talking to the <laughs> to the elevator, and that she's like basically came out and was like, "Ma'am, are you okay? Do you need help getting to your room or whatever?" And she just started calling her the N word, uh, and you can see this all on video. It's crazy. She goes on a complete tirade. And so she's just the most Karen, Karen of all time. And then um, Barstool Sports releases a video of her that they released like, I don't know, a few weeks ago, her just being the biggest uh, cunt un unimaginable in some line in Kentucky to get into a bar. I mean, she must be just a terror <laughs> in Lexington. Yeah. I bet she sucks like a mink. <laughs> <laughs> The, the 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 crazy douchey fuck combination is it's a real thing. Oh yeah. my god! And then not only is she a crazy racist, but then her friends start going on her Instagram page like going like free yeah. Sophia, see free Sophia, and then uh, like oh this gal started it with her and blah blah, and they're dropping the in bombs in the comments, and um, oh my god, you, you should just go down the rabbit hole and read this. It is a it is a uh, documentary in, like, douchiness. It's all Elon Musk's fault. Sure. It reminds me of, uh, was that Key and Peele that did the Free My Bro uh, Bloody Washcloth? What did he do? Stabbed three dudes in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a lot easier to make a pick last week whenever Michigan State decided to assault someone in their tunnel. But, yeah, let's give this uh, worthless Kentucky bitch douche of the week. Douche of the week. She'll be dating TJ Mo in two weeks. <laughs> oh, TJ, I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't dated to check TJ's uh, profile yet, but I'm sure he's probably like, 
What's the big deal? Her and Kyrie are getting a bum rap. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I can, I can see the, t- <laughs> the TJ defense now. Uh, all right. Now let's move on to, I think this one's going to be even tougher. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Oh, for me, Isaiah McGuire. Yeah? Yeah. He hasn't gotten it he yet. He all over the it. place. He was all, he's a man amongst boys. He is, he's a fucking stud. Colin, I, I hear me out on this. I'd say offensively, that Brady Cook, did you see the drive he led to score one of the two touchdowns? <laughs> Holy moly, that guy knows himself some what football. And I don't think you're going to find a guy who's tougher or has a bigger heart than Brady Cook. Yeah, that's true. And who could throw two whole touchdowns in a game? I mean, that doesn't happen every day. So well, he didn't throw them. He right. ran them in. <laughs> yeah, but, he didn't throw them. Uh, oh. He ran them in. Oh, okay. Throwing's a lot to ask of a quarterback. Oh, that's that's right. He didn't throw them in. He okay. didn't, but well, he's tough. Still. Did I mention his tough heart? He's got a very tough heart. I do know that to a, to a mortal fact. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with Isaiah McGuire. He deserves it. All he right. played his ass off. Let's give a defender a well-deserved Kirkformer's Hair Award. You are player of the game. All right, guys. I just want to uh, thank both the Caleb's for being on at the same time. That's uh, a new feat both for Twink the Twink and Bear. Twink and Bear. Uh, in, in case you guys, you know, you're more familiar with obviously Caleb the Greek, but if you don't, if you kind of are trying to picture in your mind what uh, Caleb the Twink is like, I'd say, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, imagine Leonardo DiCaprio's character from What's Eating Gilbert Grape combined with. <laughs> Owen Wilson? <laughs> Not bad. Owen's Not got bad. better hair. <laughs> K-Bob likes it. Yeah. yeah I do. <laughs> they were vividly both in my head combining. You know, so good. Yes. All right. Uh, well, Missouri's taking on Tennessee next week. I don't think there's any chance in the fucking world that uh, we come out ahead. But do you think there's going to be any surprises. Do you think Sam Horn plays? Do you think we score at all? No. Do you think we cover the spread? No. No. <laughs> no. no. The answer to all is, all those questions is no. I hate Tennessee so much. I hate that we're going to get embarrassed by them yeah. two years running, but I don't see any way out of this. No. No. They're getting pound yeah. town. Yeah. It is going to be pound town. So, anyway, we just have to endure it and take our medicine. Till then, M-I-Z. Sure. 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 Sure.